Okay, back with Red Letter Challenge. This is our final episode of Red Letter Challenge. I've got Ken Sherman with me, and I'm Nick Moss here at St. Paul Lakeland. And Ken, we're almost done. Almost done. Two days left. Two days left, 40 days. It's been good. We're talking about going, and Zach in his book has a couple of quotes that he uses, and I want to use that, a couple of his sayings to spark conversation for our podcast today. Yeah. Go right into this one. He chose you not because you've done anything important, but simply because he loves you. That's a great quote, isn't it? That's a great one. Especially as we're talking about this week, Zach's really zeroing in on writing your testimony Mm -hmm. or your story or how God has worked in you. And I think when we start to go down that road, and especially as a Lutheran church, start talking about testimony, your story, share your story. I think sometimes people can feel inadequate. Yeah. Where it's like, well, you know, really haven't done much. You know, I, I can't, I haven't given a crazy amount of money or haven't gone on this crazy big foreign mission trip or, you know, people aren't all flocking to church because I told a story. So, <laughs> um, but Zach reminds us, God shows us and it's not because we did anything. Yeah. People don't like reading history books, do they? Well... Most people don't like reading books, just dry facts about history. Oh, I would... It's characters. That's true. And people who like reading history books... I was wondering where you're going with that. Yeah. Okay. People who like reading history books like reading those books to to find the compelling characters and stories within them. Right. And the thing I love about this quote is that it's not about you and me. My testimony, the stories, whether it's the big testimony of my salvation or the little testimonies, the stories of my life, are not about me they're really about what god is doing in my life and what god is doing through my hands and feet as his hands and feet in my neighbor's lives yeah because we're part of the story we did the story the book the story a number of years ago here at saint paul and it's Mm. the you read the the author put god's word in a linear um way to read it so you read from the beginning of creation through um through the Revelation. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about that, this idea that we're part of God's story and God's, before we were even created, God started the story. He knew what was going to happen in the story. And he still chose us, like this quote said, to be a part of that story. Right. And we all have different parts. I mean, I, I showed um, our young people the other day an amazing story of a martyr. And boy, that was a powerful story. And God chose that person to go do this. Um, God might be choosing you to fill in the blank. Well, there are those big moments, right, in yeah. everybody's life yeah. where, and maybe you haven't got, you, the general you, maybe you haven't gotten to one of those big moments, or maybe it has sticking out in your memory as you go through this red letter challenge stuff. But there are more small moments, and those small moments build more of us than those big moments do. Right. My daily life, my habits, my family, those big pieces actually are more important in the long haul than any big moments in my life. So as I'm talking about stories, I think that that question comes back to what is God doing in my life today? Um, Which goes to this next point. Zach says, before we go out and proclaim to the world who God is, let's first remember that we are living out our faith in our home. Mm hmm. Boy, he must be a Lutheran pastor. (laughs) Uh, Small catechism, Martin Luther, first thing, he wrote it for the head of the household to teach his family 
about the basic biblical truths of God's word. And I think you're right. We're called to, in our home, whether we have anybody else living in our home or it's our friends and family that, that God has given to us, right. is that we're to live out our faith in that context first. Because it's really hard to live out your faith um, going out, maybe either in your workplace mm-hmm. or even if you're taking mission trips somewhere and you're not living it out every day yeah. in your home and what yeah. that looks like. Faith is not leadership, is it? You, you, no. You're le- maybe as a, if for me as a father in my home, some people talk about my role in the home as being, you know, the spiritual leader or, you know, part uh-huh. of some, if you're more egalitarian, Katie and I, but that's not what faith is. My faith is just being a human being in the home and realizing that the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, right. kindness, gen- goodness, gentleness, mercy, and self-control need to be expressed through my actions in my body to my wife, to my family, to my, to my kids and so on and so forth. Yeah, you're living out God's grace. You're living out His mercy, uh, forgiveness. Um, you know that idea of asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. when you've done wrong in your family and what that looks like, and to be able to then take that and move that outside the home, move that outside your friend circles to those people that God puts in your life. Yeah, um, I think that's a that's a key piece for us to consider as we think about think about our story and our testimony, because. You know, people really want to know. Yeah, they want to know your story, mm-hmm. but if it's something that's made up or, or you know, half truths, they're not going to take much value in that. Yeah. So if you're trying to put on a fake face because, you know, you're pretending everything's okay in home and you live this perfect little life, and now I'm going to tell you about Jesus, um, people are going to see through that real fast. Yeah. So I, my dad is a doctor, professional. That's right. Um, yeah. He's a very respectable person. Uh, he has grown. I got to meet him much earlier than the rest of the world who meet him these <laughs> right, days. Right. And so I got to see my dad grow from, he's a first generation Christian, did not grow up. Oh, I didn't know Christian. that. Yeah. So there was a lot of intentionality and rough edges okay. um, that I grew up with. And as part of my upbringing is getting to see him. So we talk about testimony sometimes. I mean, part of my story is watching my dad hmm. um, grow. And this one that you're talking about in the home, this thing yeah. sticks out at me. I just want to share this yeah. story. Um, my dad was uh, had had some struggles with his anger. Okay, and so he put a rule out there with his kids that if he yelled at them, he was going to. And this is for my older brothers. Sure, <laughs> didn't last that long. <laughs> <laughs> the rule was that he was going to go get them a si- uh, ice cream sundae as just not a <laughs> not, not earning grace, not an earning grace thing. I don't know. It wasn't really spiritually well thought out, but it was the rule. He was tired of, you know, losing his temper. Sure. So he put he was trying to set some accountability to himself. Yeah, I think it's probably part of it. And then get the kids involved because there's ice cream. That's right. Right. So, so one day he comes in and I had done something stupid. I'm sure. I don't even remember what it was, but I was in trouble yep. and he raised his voice. Yeah. And so my mom, he then went out the, he was out working on something in the workshop and my mom found me writing a note. Okay. And the note said something along the lines of dad, since you yelled at me, please remember that I, that you owe me one ice cream (laughs) Sunday now. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure she saved my life by throwing that note away. (laughs) (laughs) But that was his, you know, he, he recognized that he needed to have forgiveness when he messed up. And so, yeah, there's some humorous parts of that story that stick out to me, but I'm, I'm 30 some odd years old. And I remember this right. story years later, not because of those funny moments, but yep. because my dad apologized because sure. he recognized sin 
and he allowed the Holy Spirit to work in him. Right. And that's part of my testimony is just seeing my dad live out forgiveness and and I think that's and I think that's what we some families are better at doing it than others um, telling the stories and telling stories of faith and telling stories of life. I look at my family with um, you know the way I grew up and you know we there were certain subjects we didn't talk about in the in the Moss household mm. and then I find out that that Candace's family like everything was you know up for discussion. So the some stories that they heard versus what I heard um, were a little bit more personal. But it's important for us to share our faith stories with our kids, too. Yeah. And I think it's important that we try to, as much as we can, connect our kids, um, our next generation, our youth, with stories of people that have lived a little bit longer and, and can look back and say, this is, this is where God has worked in my life, and I want to share that with you. Um, I think we need to do a better job about sharing stories. So if you've got a story either through the Red Letter Challenge or it's something uh, that you want to share, I would love to would love to interview a few people. Mm. So if you can email me at nmoss at stpaulakeland.org or call the church office, 863-644-7710. We want to try to get some St. Paul Lakeland people in here to interview them and, and hear their story, their testimony, um, and looking forward to, to sharing some of those. So we're, we're hopefully we'll get those captured over the next couple of months and beginning of the new year, be able to share that. I want to go to the next thing that Zach talks about. This is what he says. When you go beyond the levels of your comfort, you experience parts of God you would otherwise miss. And this goes in with his talking about neighbors. Mm-hmm. Talking to your neighbors. Have you ever had any weird neighbors? No, but I think you were telling me... I mean, most of my neighbors are weird, quiet, so... <laughs> so not currently, but just across the time. I'm still getting to know my current neighbors. We've just been there since Yeah, you guys have been there long. Yeah, so we're still getting to know them. So we've been what in What about you guys? You, you were well, telling me a story earlier. Well, yeah, we've been in our current house for four and a half, four and a half, four and a half years, and so we've we've gotten to know. We've got... God has just incredibly blessed us with, with some fantastic neighbors, and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Um, we know most of all our surrounding area neighbors. Um, as you go a couple of houses down and whatnot, we need one family moved in during COVID, and we really haven't had a chance. I think I met them once on the street because it's it's like, do you go over in a hazmat suit with cookies? I mean, I don't know exactly <laughs> what how to welcome these people. Um, so hopefully we'll get to know them a little bit more. But when Candace and I were first married, we lived in Seward, Nebraska, going to college there. Mm-hmm. And we had this little tiny rental house and a super tiny the, – the kitchen did not have drawers. That's how tiny it was. Really? Yeah. It didn't, That's very it didn't have a dishwasher, obviously, but it didn't even have, didn't well, even have drawers. It was tiny. <laughs> Only a half-size refrigerator upstairs. In the basement, they had a full-size refrigerator. It was tiny. But the the window above the sink looked out at our neighbor's uh, driveway, and Jim, great guy, he was probably in his late 60s, early 70s at the time, and he's retired, didn't have anything to do, and every day. He'd be out there hosing off the driveway with water without a shirt on, big <laughs> big beer belly gut sitting there. He'd be looking at the sky, and that's what he would do. Oh, and he had a glass eye, too, so that you never knew if he was looking at you while you were looking at him out the window. <laughs> oh, um, growing up, speed of glass eye and weird neighbors. Yeah. I, we had this one backdoor neighbor. Uh, I think his name might have been Jim as well. 
could be. And he had he could take his teeth out and touch his chin to his nose, which <laughs> was a fantastic thing for him to show all of the neighborhood kids. We we just sometimes we're like, hey, <laughs> well, and you know those fun things. I mean, you remember them. Yeah, you know you you uh, you just remember those fun things. But I I think going back to what um, <laughs> what Zach is saying. Okay, so we have our comfort levels. Some of us are more comfortable about, and we all know this people, um, maybe you're one of them, where, yeah, you're walking on the, okay, pre-COVID, you're walking on the sidewalk, mm-hmm. you know, you can talk to anybody, talk to a stranger, strike up a conversation. Um, I've got a friend like that. We went to the beach one time with him, and within the course of the, you know, we started in the morning, we were there almost all day. By the course, you know, we got there at like, I don't know, nine o'clock because we had a place on the beach. And by afternoon, we were already invited to their, their beach house for dinner. They were from Britain. And um, my friend was already talking to them about the Bible and Jesus and had gone back and gotten some <laughs> beers with them. And I'm like, I just am not that comfortable. That, that takes me a little while to before, before I, you know, start having that type of relationship with somebody but but my friend he's like oh yeah we're we're full in on these people man we're getting to know them yeah there's some people who are very gregarious and just able to strike up conversation with anybody strike up a conversation um but you don't i mean you can be that way but you don't have to be that way to share your story with other people i think it's uh, listening and praying for god to send the holy spirit to you as you walk throughout your day Going back to that Matthew 28 package, go, you know, Jesus calls us to go. So there's action there mm-hmm. as we go, whether it's you're, you're going, you know, serving somewhere far away that you've planned for a long time, or you're serving on a daily basis in your life to go and live out what God's called us to do, which is share the love of Jesus. And so ask God, Hey, as I go about my day, put people in my life that you want me to talk to. Yeah. And that testimony doesn't have to be this highly formal thing, does it? It's just no. a matter of, hey, God's been working in my life by. And it's not a, hey, let me uh, interject in the middle of this conversation. By the way, did you know God's been working my life by doing such and such right. such and such? It's a frame of reference. It's an understanding of my life as a, I'm, this isn't Ken's life that God's working in. This is God's life that Ken gets to be a part of because he is a Christian. I'm part of God's family. Yes. And so my story, my testimony is really just, I'm a pawn, peace, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. I'm cogging God's, <laughs> God's great machine. We're chosen wheel. royal priesthood. Yeah, we're chosen royal priesthood. That's fine. No, but we are, I'm, I'm just a piece no, of I hear God's what you're family. Saying, yes. Right? And so my story is just saying, hey, here's what, it's a, excuse me, it's a frame of reference that as I'm processing what's going on in life, it's seeing God's hand working through those. When Max comes up and gives me a hug, it's not telling somebody about that saying, man, I was just struggling with my day today. And Max came by my office and Max is my Max son. Max is your son. I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah. Max comes by my office. He's just a random, you know, person <laughs> that likes to give Ken's hugs every now and then. That's right. And I said, hey, Max, how about a hug before you go back to class? And he came in and hugged me. And it was a wonderful part mm-hmm. of my day. And I didn't realize how emotionally draining mm-hmm. some things were. And so it it was God working through my child to yeah. bring comfort and peace in my life. Yeah. And the fruits of the Spirit just lived out through Max. Absolutely. And we were talking earlier off off microphone that, you know, you've not grown up in a Lutheran background, so you've served at different churches where mm-hmm. testimony has been put forward probably a lot more than the Lutheran church. And 
some people have some amazing testimonies. They really do. And I've heard a lot of them, especially at youth gatherings, mm-hmm. um, where they have a full-blown 20-minute story that by the end of it, you just are praising God yeah. for what God has done in that person's life. We should be praising God every time somebody chooses to follow him, every time a, a little baby's baptized, um, a confirmation student stands up and says, this is what I believe. It's mm-hmm. the same... Um, it's the same God. It's the same God, and it's the same story. Um, but some people do have a little bit more, I would say, an emotional story yeah. that w- we can look at and go, we say, wow, that's powerful. We all have powerful stories because we're destined for hell and death. Mm-hmm. Jesus saved us from that. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. But there are people that do have stories that I think resonate in in our, in our humanness mm-hmm. and and in our emotions. And God obviously uses that. But I don't think Zach's calling us to make up a story. No. That's that's this huge emotional appeal. No, not at and all. There are works of art. Whether there's whether it's a painting on a wall or a song that just draws at your emotions or a story yep. that somebody who is a gifted speaker can tell in a conference hall, but that shouldn't make the rest of us not share what God has called us. Exactly, what God has given us. Just because I can't get up in front of a crowd of fifteen thousand people and tell a story that leaves eighty percent of them crying, right. doesn't mean that I shouldn't right. tell the stories that God's given me. And that's what He's saying. You write one day this week, write down a testimony of what God's been doing. Yes, and I, I think that's important to encourage and challenge each other as as we meet. I know one of the challenges was to gather your family together and tell a faith story. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have one that you would share? Like if we gather around, we were, you know, barbecuing and had you guys over, and it would happen to be the everybody day that had to share everybody had to story. share a faith story. Or All right, Ken, you're up. Go. <laughs> Do you have one, or would it would that take a while to think through? I mean, it would take a while to think through um, which one to choose, honestly, yeah. because there's they're all very powerful to me. But I struggle with <laughs> with articulating stories because yeah. I never know where to jump into the story, where to jump out. <laughs> yeah. But in broad brush strokes, mm-hmm. um, I would. There's one story I think I told on on here the other day about uh, you know how God brought financial resources into a moment mm-hmm. where we were trying to figure out how to make ends meet. There's a story of, you know, how God, um, I mean, with Ethan's birth was just a fantastic story of, of God ministering to our family through our church at that time, through transitional elements. Ethan was born 10 weeks early. He's oh my born, goodness. Yeah. So uh, very, very scary. Yeah. Ethan came out of with no long-term consequences other than just being a little bit small for his age. Wow. Praise um, God. There's some families who have faith stories about that same topic who sure. maybe have a little bit less cheerful yeah. of a path. Um, so anyway, there's just a lot of, a lot of things God's done in those big ways. And then a lot of those, those small things that I just, God is a big God and he works in my life daily. And if I slow down to stop and think about it, there is always something he's doing. Right. Yeah. I look at, some of my story with um, when I can go back to high school when I was at a, a youth retreat and I remember staring up at the sky. It was probably midnight, one o'clock in the morning after a, a big long day. And we were just all hanging out as friends. And um, I was like, okay, God, if you really want me to go down this career path, I'm not quite sure exactly what this is going to look like, but I'm going to trust in you, and here we go. I can remember that being a real powerful moment in my life. Um, there's been 
like like for you, there's been people that have stepped into my life. I know that God has, has put at a specific time and purpose mm-hmm. to give me words of encouragement to um, when I really needed it. There's also a story, and I'm not going to share it because it's on one of our other podcasts, so I'm going to plug it right now. <laughs> ministry partner Lobo Ranch, if you see that on the podcast, it's the ministry partner season, season, yeah. Yeah, season that we're doing. There's a really cool story there that I just got to just watch God fold a couple of people's lives together to make an impact on that that ministry, which That's was cool. which was really fun. So I think the takeaway from our time together today, I hope people will will walk away with after listening to this, is that it's important for us to look back and see how God has worked in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's important for us to share those stories and what God is doing in our life with those around us to be open to sharing and listening to people that we might come in contact with that maybe, you know, we're used to putting our head down and walking through Target and not talking to anybody, but maybe lift our head up a little bit and see what's going on around us. And then we don't have to have some big powerhouse um, story where we're going to have people lining up to write a screenplay about it. Right. Just the daily. Just the daily. And the... You know, the grace and mercy that God gives us to, you know, we mess up that story all the time and praise God that there is, mm-hmm. there is grace and forgiveness for us to wake up each day, uh, remember our baptism, we are called by him, mm-hmm. and we go about and live our, live our lives for him. And I'm excited just to close it out. Yeah. I think there's going to be some time in heaven where we all get to share some fun stories. I hope. I, don't know. I think there will be still be life. So one thing I think for me is I'm going to be trying to change the way I talk about not sharing my testimony, okay. sharing a testimony from my life because it, there's, there's uh, not just one story I like that. It's those daily stories. So daily stories. Okay. Well, this is going to wrap up the red letter challenge season and Ken and I are going to be back as we get ready for advent. So we're going to spend the next few weeks working on an advent season because christmas is coming it's right around the corner people are already making plans people are already making plans we're making plans and advent is a a unique um, season in the history of of lutheranism and we're going to kind of dive into some of those traditions and whatnot like that all right be great okay looking forward to uh talking about advent in a couple of weeks